0: What is going on everybody? Welcome in to episode number 602 of Underground Sports Philadelphia presented by the city of Vineland. We are unfortunately not live, but we did get uh, the tutelage to fix our internet here. So hopefully by next week's show, we'll be back live on Twitch, but everybody listening on podcast app of choice and YouTube. Welcome in. To another episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into from the Eagles, the Flyers, the Sixers, the Union, and whatever else may come across the desk while we are recording this episode. Uh, but before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at PHI on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. Leave a five star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow. Helps more people find underground sports Philadelphia and allows us to continue to do awesome, dope stuff that we have in the pipeline. Uh, in the coming months and makes it that much easier when you subscribe so continue subscribing wherever you get your podcast in audio form and subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia youtube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia it's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week full video episodes of every show on our network live streams shorts clips original video content uh one of the funniest no context videos is coming out from last week's Top Bins episode where Dom did not inform Matt of any of the rules of a uh, blind rankings test. I'll get it back. Turned out I'll hilarious. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of those coming out from all of our franchises on our YouTube channel in 2024 and beyond. So keep a lookout for those. Uh, we're at 715 subscribers right now on the YouTube channel, trying to get to 800 before the end of January. Let's keep the subscribers rolling. And uh, of course, once we get to 1,000 subscribers, we got a whole bunch of different celebrations going on across our company for all of our franchises. So get us to 1,000 subscribers sooner rather than later. Uh, and smash that like button, ring the bell icon, leave a comment down below. Uh, with your thoughts on everything Matt and I discuss on the episode tonight. And of course, this show is presented by the City of Vineland and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages, and through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Finally, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul Jake Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. What's going on, Matt? I'm living the dream. The uh, The Eagles dream slash nightmare carries on into the postseason. They choke away the division. They are the number five seed, and they are heading to the one place that we said we didn't trust them a lick, and that is down to Tampa, Florida to take on uh, Baker Mayfield with Zinn containers in his pockets, Mike Evans, and the rest of the Buccaneers. Um, I don't trust them anywhere. Valid. Uh, so there's that, <laughs>
1: losing at home to the Cardinals and getting dog-walked by the Giants 24 to nothing at halftime. I don't know how you feel confident about them beating anyone <laughs> because those are two of the worst teams in the NFL. And um, yeah, there's certainly no one I said before I was saying the only team that I think that could have made the playoffs on the final day that I would have trusted the Eagles to like, I would have felt confident in getting a win against was the saints. It's so mm-hmm. the only team with worse vibes uh, than the Eagles coming into like the final stretch of this season. But um, yeah, I, I don't, personally feel and then you know obviously you pick up injuries through that game too which is just like worst case scenario type of stuff you have uh, Jalen with his finger and AJ Brown with his knee Um, so the the fact that they're going into that game clearly not at at full strength either and I I don't know if Devontae Smith what his availability is going to look like so for me it's about as bad as it gets and it's crazy how quickly the season turned from positive to negative you know, this team is 10 and one. <laughs> and <laughs> It has been awful ever since.
0: Uh, I brought this up on the episode that came out on Monday to, to pits. And I mean, th- there's one thing we can, uh, we can hang our hat on is we, we set an NFL record this year. The Eagles are the first team in NFL history to start a season 10 and one or better and not reach 12 wins. That's
1: Probably even in a twelve game season, they probably
0: <laughs> that that page was blank in the NFL record books until this year. Well, that uh, I, I'm honestly that about sums it up. Um, it's weird because
1: it's weird for many reasons, but there are two ways. One, I think it's weird because we're already kind of writing the obituary for this team, and mm-hmm. like they're still alive, they're still right. in the playoffs, but nobody has talked about them. I've, li- I've listened and, and read a lot of stuff over the past few days about like playoff matchups and like storylines and people making picks. I had like people were talking about like NFC, like, you know, teams like uh, maybe like teams that you love like, wildcard teams, especially that can make a run or like long shot bets. I have heard and read no one saying anything about the Eagles. And in other years, you'd be like, well, here's your, you know, if this was 2017, this would be the underdog masks and stuff. But you're not even underdogs against Tampa Bay somehow um but with this team it's like you know that's actually justified why would you why would you mm-hmm. ever <laughs> Why would you ever you know, speculate that this team is is making a run um in the playoffs so maybe maybe this is uh this is actually you, you we find ourselves into back-to-back super bowl somehow um but i man it's just it's bad it's 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 my wife is asking me she's like what's wrong with the eagles and i was like it's just bad vibes she's like what does that mean and i was like i can't really describe it to you. No one knows what it means, but, but it's provocative. I, yeah, I was like, I, I don't know how to put it into more into better terms, but they just have bad vibes. Like everything yeah. about them is just bad right now. She's like, I need it more clear. So I was telling about like the coordinator issues like coming into the year and then throughout the season, all that and and I was like and then on top of it they just have bad vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baby has bad vibes.
0: You know? <laughs> and uh I mean if things things could take a turn for the better because maybe just maybe brian johnson is too distracted to game plan and the eagles find their way on offense because they won't have to listen to him because report came out today uh from multiple uh big names who cover the nfl that the carolina panthers are looking to interview brian johnson for their head coaching vacancy well here's the
1: crazy thing is there are a ton of like coaches swirling around now um and even college football is getting in on the act because Nick Saban retired. Yep. It's like, you know, maybe, um, hey, decide. You know, maybe just step down to, to college football. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we could, like, ship Matt Patricia there. Like, that's Alabama and maybe, like, USC are, like, the two schools where, like, ex-Patriots guys seem to go to, yes. like, kind of rehab themselves. Hey, maybe, maybe Bill
0: Belichick's going to Alabama.
1: Uh, <laughs> apparently Atlanta, which is, I, who knows, but... Yeah, there's 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 a lot of it's definitely I think one of the crazier uh, like off seasons already in terms of uh, coaching carousel that I can remember. There's what eight open now? Yeah, and I mean two of them like Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel being done kind of shocking. Like to me, were surprising like really surprising moves, and um, you know we expected there to be quite a few openings already, but now there's tons of options out there. Um, and somehow the Bears are not one of them. Somehow the Bears are not one of them, which is I'm I'm sorry, Bears fans, but at least you'll have Caleb Williams or Drake May. Don't <laughs> don't pick another North Carolina quarterback. No, that is the ultimate test of your like will in scouting. Is like, are you willing to enter that zone again and it's at the, least like make a consideration? It's the push the button guy meme. Honestly, um, yeah, I I I don't think this. This team is is good. I think they could beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They already went to Tampa Bay and won this year. I would say that's before the defense really fell apart. Um, I, I I still think the most shocking indictment of this team this year is Matt Patricia's involvement mm-hmm. from day one even. I, I don't know. I do not understand him because he was a consultant before. And it was season, weird because
0: right? he was hired and then it was like no, we didn't hire him and then that's when slay came back and then it was like, oh yeah, we actually did hire him. It, it's to uh, it I would love an article about who whose idea was this? But this Wolf come on the podcast.
1: Honestly, the, this this guy was tainted goods forever. Like for mm-hmm. the last 6 years this guy has been a even before he we went to Detroit. People were like laughing at him, and he failed miserably in Detroit. And even when he was like defensive coordinator of the Patriots, it wasn't like those defenses were great. The sole reason that the Eagles have a Super Bowl is because Matt Patricia's defense was on the other side, and they could not make a stop all game. They had over 600 yards of offense. The Patriots did. You've never lost a Super Bowl with that kind of offensive performance, <laughs> except for when you had the you went up against the Eagles and your defense was that bad. Like he's this is not new, and I I just. That, to me, is the biggest indictment of this season and is the biggest red flag. Because it's more than just, like, football has variants. That's, like, that's malpractice. Mm-hmm. Like, If you were a doctor, you would be getting sued for, for like, assigning that treatment. It's like, so going into a cold, you're like, you have a cold, and it's like, well, we're going to have to put you under and uh, open you up. Like, what? <laughs> Why is,
0: how is that the solution? The, uh, I mean, we we've said it for months now that, Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, all the coordinators outside of Mike Clay, oddly enough, who last year was like was the one guy everyone wanted fired, was the special teams coordinator of this team, and that's been like the one like decent aspect uh, week in and week out of this football team this year. But Brian Johnson and Desai and Patricia all have to be gone at the end of the season, and I I just want the Carolina Panthers to know that Brian Johnson is more than qualified to be a candidate for your head coaching vacancy. I think he brings such a a unique uh, tutelage to an offensive game plan. I think he would make Bryce Young a perennial pro bowler, and you'd be lucky to hire Brian Johnson as your next head coach. With that being said, um, I was talking to some people potentially about, you know, because Nick Sirianni, he's not going to get fired. Uh, I would – I would make that bet. But this coming off season is going to be the most important for him to retain his job. How would you feel if the Eagles went the, it would probably be a one and done, but I think it would be opportunistic of them for this window that they currently have. Offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe. Um, I was listening to
1: the Philly special today and, um, Tim McManus was on there, and it, it actually got aggregated and, like, it turned to this thing where, like, people were saying that he said that they were – the whole thing was that, like, they – like, Shiel Kapati was, like, had these all these questions for him. It was, like, you know, sketch out the path for if, like, what changes next year. Like, mm-hmm. is there a, a, even a possibility that Nick is not that good? She's like, yeah, like, he could. Like, you know, like, it's – I don't know. I would, he, and I, I don't think it's – it would be bizarre, but strangely, I don't think it would be the craziest decision if Sirianni was not that good. Like, this season was – Bad, but I, I think he, I think it's fair to give him another shot next year because he has he's brought you the playoffs, his first three years only he's, coach in franchise history to do that. They they were talking about that on the show. Like, has there ever been a coach that has had that has made the playoffs in three years straight and been fired? The, I think the only example they come up with was Jimmy Johnson, and that was like completely different <laughs> set yeah. of circumstances. But, um, yeah, I I think the vibe that that he gave off during that podcast too is that like he feels that they'll sit down with Sirianni and want to have like a conversation about mm-hmm. like bringing in coordinators and, and have like a list of guys or, or have like an honest discussion about the direction. Um, but they brought up a good point is that they did that with Doug and Doug Peterson's a, a you know, they, they said like a, a little more of an affable guy. Like he's definitely a little more kumbaya. Whereas I think near, Nick Sirianni is a little more, is more edge to him. And maybe he's not as receptive to that. They said that's maybe the pathway for, maybe it's like a mutual thing. Like, well, Maybe we should just, you know, go our separate way. I don't know. It seems very unlikely, but um, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think getting the coordinator right is hard because you like with Shane Steigen, right? Like he was mm-hmm. an unknown quantity. Right? Like it's 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 not common that a lot of times you like have a, a, a high awareness of coordinators, like outside of some of the bigger names, but it's 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 hard to find those guys. And I think you're clearly seeing that Shane Steichen was a really big part of this team last year. Even Jonathan Gannon, you know, like mm-hmm. say whatever you want about him, um, you know the defense still was not able to play against elite offenses last year, and that in that showed, uh, you know, obviously in the Super Bowl, but even in, in other high-profile games last season. But like he has that Cardinals game, the Cardinals team playing well. Like he clearly, I you know, we were all making fun of he him knows how to the substitute. Season. I mean, honestly, like before the season, we were all kind of making fun of him, but he clearly has instilled some kind of like culture and attitude in that team where they they were still playing very hard and seemed to to like him as a coach. And this Eagles defense, certainly, whether he was able to give more simple direction or whatever, like this Eagles defense was playing well under him. And part of that was the talent that they had. But um, I don't know. I I, I think the coordinators have been the the biggest reason I think this team – it's not had success, and then I think there's been some individual performances that have not gone very well. And again, this all sounds like an obituary. This team still has a playoff game.
0: They won 11 games, and it's like it, – it, it, I've never had this experience. And, I mean, if you're if you're an offensive coach, you kind of have to know the Eagles are going to have an offensive coordinator opening at the end of the year. You, you got to be on the phone calling – anybody in the eagles organization because it's just such a ready-made situation just based on talent alone offensive line two pro bowl all pro caliber wide receivers a top five tight end in the nfl you have uh, a mvp runner-up quarterback last season who's continuing to you know carry this team in in multiple ways and is a young quarterback i think any offensive minded coach whether they're you know a head coach trying to get back into it and it's like okay i'll take a coordinator job and you know work my way up or uh, a coordinator coming in and making a lateral move or whatever it may be you got to be like licking your chops if you see the opening for the eagles oc spot yeah honestly i mean this is a a great
1: setup plenty of talent here i think that's why it's so frustrating it didn't look but here's the thing you know this offense could look a little different next year especially mm-hmm. like some key Pieces on the offensive line could be retired. Like Jason Kelsey, people have you know, questioned his retirement for years now, but it's certainly possible. Like that, he could he could hang it up after this year. Someone like Lane Johnson, like no guarantee that he's back or healthy either. You know, like it's just defensively too. Like there there are definitely question marks about. I, I I just think that this team could look a little different, and you know, we felt like last year that maybe the the window was going to be open a little longer, but. In the NFL, it it just isn't. You know, you you have these short windows, and now you're you're with Jalen Hurts's you know non rookie deal, and that just makes all this harder, and that makes your margins that much thinner, and it just it becomes
0: a big challenge now. And I mean, you you have this Tampa Bay matchup, and before we get into that, it's brought to you by our pals over at PHI Apparel Company, the official merch partners of Underground Sports Philadelphia. If you want to stand out in the crowd, gearing up for Monday Night Football. Uh, for super wild card weekend and look your best whether you're going out to the bars, hanging out with your friends and family at home or anything in between gear up for you know Flyers, Sixers, Phillies are about a month away uh, and also obviously Eagles and Union and of course underground sports Philadelphia get your merch from PHI Apparel Company when you go to check out with your cart all filled up ready to go use code underground for 10% off your order from our pals at PHI Apparel Company phiapparel.co and use code underground for 10% off your merch orders. I mean, we talked about it last week and the week before with Tampa Bay, like not being able to trust this Eagles team against them. It's another Monday night game. What are the odds that Jalen Hurts uh, has some sort of sickness? Because that's what always happens with Monday night football and Jalen Hurts. Was it, I think the Tampa game earlier, this year was also Monday night football yep. as well. And wasn't he had it? some sort of, you know, under the weather uh, and still played through it. And then the Chief's game he wasn't feeling his best and the uh, Christmas day game he no, was uh, no salads It's <laughs> one of the highest uh,
1: rates of of foodborne illness is off of uh, salad and and vegetables greens things like that um, for eating any any red meat it's cooked all the way through no chicken can't risk any salmonella um, wash your hands wash your hands all the time rice I don't know. No, no ginger ale. <laughs> yeah, ginger ale. Keep it, just keep it. Everything, <laughs> and just uh, bubble boy it up. I don't know, um, man. <laughs> I I'm still shocked that they're somehow favorites in Tampa Bay. That blew my mind. I was that uh, they opened up as favorites. I I was really surprised by that, but I guess at the end of the day, it is Baker Mayfield, but. The He's Seag- played well. He's played well. And this Eagles defense has given up great performances to everyone. <laughs> like, there's there's not been a soul. I think the Patriots could put up, like, when they did, you know, the first game of the season. But the Patriots as they are now, you could platoon Billy Zappi and Mac
0: Jones, and I think they could put up, like, 17 mm-hmm. on this Eagles team. I mean, it's no guarantee – that slays back and i don't think there's been any reports of like him even being close to being back um so you can kind of chalk that up as you're missing your best defensive back yet again um i don't know who the hell's gonna cover mike evans in this game uh god <laughs> <laughs> because he's gonna the the you know how you always see uh certain nfl players too and sometimes they're much older than you think they are and then there's some that are much younger mike evans feels like he's been in the league for 15 years and he's our age
1: yeah yeah well it's it's also too like every year we talk about his record and that he's had like a thousand yards for so many years and it's that also i think makes him feel because when someone's in the league for like eight or nine years like wow that's a long time it's like well it's actually not Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean it is it is but you know they're, they're not that old you know despite um you know, being around for such a long time, but yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's and and what sucks too is like defensively, you know, Winfield Juniors had a really good season, and I just don't trust this team, especially if, if everyone's not at uh, at a hundred percent. I can't believe it, but the the playoffs themselves are going to be a lot of fun, and it scriptwriters went crazy. It sucks that we're like. The worst, and we get relegated to Monday. I also hate that they're doing a Monday night game. I they're doing a Monday night game. How's that fair, too? There's by the way, there's a Peacock exclusive the, game. Yeah, Dolphins Chiefs exclusively on Peacock. Um, gotta get the Swifties to buy into Peacock. Well, don't blame them. I will say, you know, Premier League fan, so I've been on the Peacock wave for a bit <laughs> now. <laughs> so That's, that's what funny. a lot of people have said too. Between that
0: and college football, where there's exclusive and like Big Ten, and I think
1: all the big um. Like, reality shows. Like, I think Vanderpump is on there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the Office.
1: The Office is on there. And then, like, I know the Olympics. Like, you can watch all the Olympics. and So, so makes sense. But it's just another streaming platform to everyone to <laughs> to have to figure out. Um, it's crazy, though, because, honestly, if the Eagles do make a pass. In a world where we're speaking more optimistically, mm-hmm. the Eagles do get past Tampa Bay. And I do think they can beat Tampa Bay. Yes, I do think that is on the table. They I, scored like,
0: nine points against Carolina last week.
1: Like, all hope is not lost here, but... There's a possibility that the Rams could upset the Lions. It's not inconceivable to me either that the Packers could upset the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys won that game for what it's worth. I do think the Rams could beat the Lions, and I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. All of a sudden, you're going to Dallas instead of San Francisco? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's—I I don't. I don't trust this team to win—
0: necessarily. I don't trust anybody to win in Dallas at this point. No,
1: no. This, yeah, right. The fix is in for sure. But I think that's more manageable than San Francisco, personally. I think this team actually played pretty well against Dallas. They just had yeah, you know, like, turnovers at the worst times. I don't know. I just think maybe there's a world where this is uh you know we're sitting here and we're talking about a divisional uh you know round <sighs> and we're like convincing
0: ourselves that we could be we could be on our way. Well, the other thing too and I brought this up on on Monday's episode. What what was the one big difference, Matt, between the Eagles 10 and 1 start and their 1 and 5 finish? Uh the big difference? Um well, one Matt Patricia was more involved
1: and uh, I know you said you said the Nicobe Dean injury, right? It
0: was like the big thing with the um the rushing defense. Well, the the one big difference was Big Dom was on the sidelines. Yeah. yeah. Guess who's back for the playoffs? Uh oh. Big Dom. <laughs> if, if you gotta Eagles say it like somehow, the Club Onyx promotion. You gotta... <laughs> we got Big Dom coming out. Big Dom's the referee for Big Girls for Skinny Girls. <laughs> Monday night only. DJ Diamond cuts. 20 Cent Wings. Making a movie. I said, ludicrous. You gotta come give the people what you want. He said, okay. (laughs) He said, take that. Rewind it back. (laughs) Unbelievable. Oh, man. Um, But yeah, Big Dom is back on the sidelines for the Eagles for the playoffs, Um, which if they somehow find a way to like play competent offense, I'm fully convinced that Dom DeSandro is actually the offensive coordinator. Maybe he is the the most important linchpin of this team. (laughs) He is the ultimate glue guy. Um, I was looking, just talking about Mike Evans. He would, he was drafted in 2014. He would probably, you know how guys being dudes just sit and redraft every NFL draft or NBA draft known to man. Mike Evans would probably go number one if we redrafted the 2014 NFL draft.
1: Who else was in that draft?
0: So the top 10 was Jadavion Clowney, Greg Robinson, Blake Bortles, Sammy Watkins, Khalil Mack, Jake Matthews, Mike Evans went number seven, Justin Gilbert, Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron. I think it
1: would be somewhere between him and Khalil Mack. It'd be would be uh, probably
0: the discussion between and one and you, two. You keep going further, the better the picks got. From picks nine to 17, it was Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Terrell Lewan, Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. Aaron Donald, Ooh, Kyle Fuller. I think
1: Aaron Donald is probably going number one if you –
0: Ryan Shazier, Zach Martin, CJ Mosley. Jesus Christ. I I mean Zach Martin, Donald, Evans, and Mac.
1: And Beckham probably in your top five, honestly.
0: And the rest of the first round was Calvin Pryor, Jawan James, Brandon Cooks, Oof. Haha Clinton Dix, Johnny Manziel, classic, D fun. Ford, uh yeah, D Ford is good. Darkez Dinard, Jason Verrett, Philadelphia Eagles legend Marcus Smith. Wow, Dion Buchanan, Kelvin Benjamin, Dominique Easley, Jimmy Ward, Bradley Roby, and Teddy Bridgewater. Wow, Kelvin Benjamin. Remember when he was gonna
1: tight end, Kelvin be, Benjamin, <laughs> be the the savior for for Cam Newton?
0: It is wild that Mike Evans' college quarterback was Johnny Manziel.
1: I mean, that was. I haven't watched the Netflix documentary because it just feels like. We don't need a documentary yeah. on this. It was not that long ago. Um, I guess it was 10 years ago. But um, that was a crazy – like, it's they're, – they're, Like you get, I think, a a team like that every, like, five or six years in college football. Like, like I, I think Joe Burrow and his LSU mm-hmm. team were close to this, like, where it's, like – they kind of take on this, like, real, like, aura about them, and especially the quarterback, like, if they're the right type of person. Manziel was just, like – freak off of a leash like he was just he was just so entertaining though um and then was obviously great you know on the field um but yeah that that was a
0: kingsbury as well was uh Mm -hmm. with texas and a at the time so i can't imagine johnny manzell in nil world
1: well you know i remember he got in a lot of trouble because he was like signing helmets or whatever in like that hotel room Mm -hmm. and cam doing around the the same time too, like a year or two before had gotten in trouble for
0: nonsense like his dad was like signing stuff who cared like it was always dumb took reggie bush's eyes been away and then i saw the other day uh some account posted caleb williams in his penthouse that he lives in at usc
1: <laughs> yeah well it is i remember reading about caleb williams that his parents moved him um he was going to this like elite school in dc and it was like such a long commute because of like DC traffic he was like in high school living in an apartment like close to the, his his school because it was just easier so he's been like groomed and polished mm-hmm. to
0: get to this point it's kind of crazy it's nuts um and i mean you you look at the matchup eagles bucks like and obviously we don't have the full injury reports yet cuz it is the monday night game and um There is a world where this team can beat Tampa Bay. You did it once this year. You got to step up your game that much more and and really, like, dig deep to win this one because you're – the Eagles are an underdog in the sense that nobody believes in them to go and beat Tampa Bay on Monday night whatsoever. I don't know if that entire locker room believes they can go into Tampa Bay and beat them on Monday night, but – There's a world where you can go in, and if you play the way you're capable of playing, you can beat Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can. Will you? (laughs) That's to be determined. (laughs) They can. Um, Anything can happen.
1: We always say that in a really positive way. We say, well, anything can happen. You know, you say it in
0: a positive way. I think people always forget, though, like anything can happen. Anything can happen. It's all on the table. Uh, I have another, like, crazy athlete age for you. Uh Uh-oh. Leonard Fournette is only twenty-eight years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I will
1: say the hairline did not help him. Valid. He he very quickly looked thirty-eight.
0: He's also looked thirty since he was a freshman. Yeah. Um, but that blew my mind too. That Leonard Fournette, who's on the Buffalo Bills now,
1: mm-hmm. is twenty-eight years. Ring old. Jason. Um. When the Eagles are out, are we? Who are we adopting? <laughs> are we... <laughs> Let's get in early so we, we're not even just. I want the Bills to win so bad, and that was my preseason pick. I had Bills-Eagles-Super
0: Bowl. <laughs>
1: That's which like the the most, everyone's like, Which was the most dream. Cur- cursed prediction, I think. <laughs> Both teams just, Bills almost didn't make the playoffs.
0: Um, and somehow ended up with the two seed. Somehow ended up with the two seed, and I don't know. I mean, outside of the Eagles, we have, I think we can quickly eliminate Dallas and San Francisco.
1: Yeah, we're not, I'm not rooting for them. Um, I would root for the Lions if they made it to
0: a, the Lions are fun. The the Bills are fun. I would root for the Texans. Texans. CJ cool Stroud's story. so fun. I mean Lamar. It
1: would. I will say it would be very. F- yeah, Lamar. I love Lamar. Um, it would be hilarious if the Browns. Joe Flacco. You know, because if Joe Flacco is the one to do it, and Deshaun has to do like the weird <laughs> thing where he like he he used to do like the Carson Wentz thing. Full Carson but, Wentz. But once at least you know. He played almost the whole season and would have been the MVP if you think it like Lance played very yeah. well and it was like, Yeah, you you definitely helped. Deshaun Watson, you were a hindrance, actually.
0: Yeah. Joe Flacco has outplayed you. Joe Flacco has more touchdowns as a Brown than you do. Like it's... Did you see the uh the guy with the updated Browns quarterback jersey this past weekend? I did. And um they instead of his name, it was like the um the abuse survivor uh like flag. That's yes. all. And somehow had the guy who was playing instead of Flacco already on the jersey as well, which was wild. Um, I mean, Lamar's such a good story, too, where, like, the buildup of, like, almost gets traded yeah. and negotiates his own contract, proves everybody wrong, and then goes out and has... It's another guy, though, that has to stay away from the salad, stay away yes. from the, uh, the red meats, because he just... <laughs> he Every... poops a lot. <laughs> he just... Yeah, whatever, fair enough. Just, just be mindful. <laughs> Lamar's also got some of the most iconic tweets. Yeah, he's a funny think, guy of all time. Like somebody's been tracking um there's like some sort of like riddle type of thing and he responded to it with just Jimmy as like the brother's name and some guy all season has been tracking Lamar's stats since he tweeted Jimmy. <laughs> and it's just been like the most ridiculous numbers ever. Um Yeah, I think Ravens, Texans, Lions, Bills, Dolphins would be dolphins on a personal level fun, but I just don't see it. They just <laughs> and they keep getting into rooting it. Rooting for Joe Flacco is yeah. also a fun time. Um, I think everyone has Chiefs fatigue. Yeah, I think everyone's okay with the Chiefs. Uh, I think even the Chiefs are okay with yeah <laughs> The
1: Rams are like, eh. Yeah, the Rams, I just, whatever. If they did, I, I don't really hate any person on the Rams, but um, there's something about them that I just...
0: Don't buy into. And I mean, Green Bay is like, we're just happy to be here. Yeah, they feel. It's really. really Same with Pittsburgh. Really, just
1: Cowboys. I don't care for Pittsburgh. It's Cowboys 49ers that I would actively dislike. And
0: unfortunately, those are the two most likely representatives. It would be fun to root for the Lions. I think NFC. The Lions are the lock after the Eagles are eliminated. It just feels like the Lions are primed for an upset. It just oh, feels yeah. like everything is going
1: way too well and people are really bought in, and
0: it's going to be a bad time. AFC, it's it's wide open pretty much to have an enjoyable time. in the playoffs. I,
1: I just I don't know that I can see anyone beating the Ravens, which yeah. is such a bad way to think because someone is absolutely going to beat the Ravens. Well, the the scriptwriters go crazy, it's, it's the year of horrible. Yeah. Well, it would be funny, too, if it was Ravens 49ers again, too, you know. Um, yeah, I wonder where – I don't – who's older and who's younger is
0: – I think John. Is he older? Let me see. John Harbaugh 61. Wow.
1: He's 61? And Jim is 60. Damn. John looks young. John looks fit. Jim does not look 60 either I wouldn't no. say honestly. Like he looks, but John I would I thought he's. John like, looks great. 49. <laughs> Good for him. Um Jim could end up somewhere. He screams Chargers. Char- I don't think Chargers will spend the money. He's he's going to get paid. Seattle
0: a lot of people are saying Dan Quinn's going to go back to Dan, Seattle. Yeah, I did see that.
1: Um, which good get him out of Dallas. Washington? Maybe, like, they sell him on, like, you get to be in on you know, rebuilding. But does he want to – it's about what is what is what do they value and what they right. want. You know, they want good ownership. Do they want a, a good team? Do they want to be able to have, like, control over personnel? He'd be so fun with the
0: Falcons if they got a quarterback.
1: Yeah. Falcons, I, Falcons are an interesting job. But it seems like Belichick might be going there, which would be – Maybe he goes Patriots. Who knows? This might
0: be the most interesting coaching carousel we've had in a while. And then
1: you have a lot of, like, fresh blood, too, which is
0: really interesting. Yeah. There's, like, what, eight or nine offensive coaches that are in the mix, and then another, like, eight defensive coaches. Yeah,
1: like the like – you have Raheem Morris and the Rams. He's been in a lot. So, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, those, those are, like, kind of the big three coordinators. Um – Bobby Slowik apparently, is like mm-hmm. getting head coach calls. So there's a lot of stuff. A lot of moving parts.
0: The, uh, the Cardinals' defensive coordinator. Yeah. Because he's so young. He's like 30. Um, but yeah, playoffs are going to be pretty wild. It's a bummer that uh, Texans-Browns aren't uh, the Nickelodeon game. Who is the Nickelodeon game? The is Nickelodeon that? game, I believe, is... Is that Bill Steelers? Bill Steelers.
1: I will say Josh Allen... Josh Allen
0: screams Nickelodeon,
1: as does Mason Rudolph to a degree. That fits. That just seems like it's going to be an ugly game.
0: God, do I hope the the Bills just blow the doors off there. Yeah, because Browns-Texans are in their traditional Saturday at 4.30 time slot for both (laughs) of those teams. (laughs) And then Dolphins-Chiefs is 8 o'clock on Peacock. Steelers-Bills is 1 o'clock uh on cbs which i believe is also simulcast on nickelodeon Um uh, packers cowboys is four thirty on fox and then rams lions is sunday night football on nbc and then eagles bucks uh monday night which i mean one benefit of the eagles playing on monday is at least we have like a good broadcast crew yeah that's true, but I'll take Joe Buck over. It looks
1: like getting a rest disadvantage in the playoffs just yes, seems kind of
0: so bad. Bullshit to me. <laughs> I, I I I'm sorry. Like I just think that that shouldn't happen. Yeah, cuz we all know that if uh the NFL would find a way to make the US play on Saturday if they won.
1: Right. It just seems weird. Just yeah. seems like a weird
0: weird thing to do. Um so yeah, we'll see how things play out obviously we we get the extra day to wait and see what happens for the eagles but um let's let's shift gears to the story that's been taking philly sports twitter by storm uh it's brought to you by kenwood beer you might want to crack open a couple of these while we break down this story uh kenwood beer it's a refreshing light beer it's the official beer of underground sports philadelphia it's 4.1 abv just 120 calories only eight grams of carbs you can get it at the Wells Fargo Center as well. Uh, and you can go to Kenwoodbeer.com and use the Kenny Finder to see who's got Kenny's on tap in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Maryland, and New Jersey areas. You can also get it at your local liquor stores in those markets. Go to KenwoodBeard.com. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Uh, the Flyers, Matt, off the ice more specifically, uh, kind of, caught everyone by surprise as they traded the darling of team USA in the world juniors this year, Cutter Gautier to the Anaheim ducks on Monday, right before puck drop against the penguins. Um, because allegedly Cutter Gautier informed the flyers that he did not want to play for them. And then all hell broke loose on the timeline as everyone was trying to figure out what the hell happened. Um, There's alleged burner accounts involved. Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad gets in the mix with Kevin Hayes. The Spit and Chicklets guys get involved. It has been quite a whirlwind off the ice involving a 19-year-old who has never played a single second in the NHL.
1: Yeah, bizarre story. Um, Not something I've ever really feel like I've seen all that much. It's very rare for like Prospects to completely snub an organization, um, especially like he's technically been drafted by the Flyers for a while now. Like it's not like on draft. Head, it's like no, <laughs> you know, like that. I think would have been uh, more understandable, you know, because you go through a whole process too with interviews and discussions. So I'm sure someday we will find out maybe more uh, a more full picture of the story. Uh, for right now, it's not totally clear, but yeah, just cut off contact and. Ends up getting moved. From my understanding though, the prospect they get back is pretty good. Good defenseman. Making his debut tonight. Yeah. Um, so I guess
0: they they heard
1: pick? they heard that I wasn't interested. And they're like, Well, <laughs> what if? What if we got something so big? <laughs> they're learning. They're learning how to get it's cool that they're the Flyers are fun. They're like, hey, every every other Philly sport has all this like weird, like off the field kind of drama stuff. Like we Gotta figure something out. We could do something like that. Here I also
0: think it's it's kind of unprecedented, especially now, to have like your your bigwigs in your front office talking about like saying like, hey, if you don't want to play here, we don't want you. Yeah. You you don't really hear that from your GMs or your your vice presidents of insert sport here operations. That's exactly what Danny Breyer and Keith Jones said. Um and Tortorella's quote in his press conference was hilarious. Um, I I don't know who the reporter was, so uh, I apologize for that, but someone asked about Cutter Goatia and (laughs) Tortorella was just like, I don't know Cutter from a hole in the wall.
1: (laughs) It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it makes me think too, like there's been a lot behind the scenes that, you know, again, we'll get the fuller picture one day. Um, you know it seems like this has been going on for a while now too like with the, the lack of contact and i have to imagine that's frustrating when you've invested a lot in this person and it's one thing for them to express you know a a feeling of not wanting to, to really be committed it's another thing if they're just not just being completely ghosted by them um so i can understand maybe some of that frustration
0: and apparently Gautier's like one connection to the flyers was kevin hayes they obviously not at the same time but attend the same college um And there's rumors that Kevin Hayes told Gautier about uh, Tortorella and how he's not like the most ideal coach to play for. And then there's another report that comes out that allegedly the the inexperienced GM was a a reason. Buddy, you forced your way to Anaheim where their GM got hired for the first time to do that role last season. So that one kind of doesn't uh check out there for me at least um but then somebody posted kevin hayes's wikipedia page and kevin hayes kind of did the same exact thing with the chicago blackhawks in 2014 where he ghosted them told him he wasn't going to play for them and then that's how he ended up with the rangers so it is kind of you know a lot of coincidental dot connecting there um but man welcome to your villain arc Connor goes here because first time you come to Philadelphia, you are going to. I mean, he goes by his 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 real name's William. He's going to get the ultimate <laughs> Billy chance anytime he steps foot in the Wells Fargo Center.
1: It's um it's not a great way to start your career because no. it, it you've already now. And by the way, I mean, you know, this is something that I think Philly does embrace in some ways as being the villain, and that I, I don't even know if they are the villain in the story. Who who knows? But. Um, they will certainly embrace booing you, and you already have one franchise that hates you, and now you like the pressure is on already. You mm-hmm. know when you're a top pick in any sport, but it just feels like bad advice, bad decision making, because I think there was probably a better way for this to
0: to get resolved than it has now. And I saw Pete Blackburn, who does the uh, the National Hockey podcast for the All City Network, and he basically said this is good for the flyers because it feels like they kind of got some of like their character back and kind of like their what they're known for back with this move happening and danny briere not afraid to to sling it in his press conference saying, you know, hey, if you don't want to be here, we don't want you same thing with keith jones and a bunch of the flyers front office people just flat out saying that. um and i was like yeah, it makes sense. You know, the flyers he was basically saying the Flyers haven't really been relevant in terms of, like, one way or the other of, of opposing fan bases and teams, like, loving or hating them. And now, like, hey, you're making it known, like, if you don't want to be in Philadelphia, if you don't want to play for the Flyers and, and make it be known, like, hey, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes for this team to succeed, then get the fuck out, as Garrett Stubbs once said. Yeah, honestly. Fair enough. Um, but it has been a, a wild whirlwind. And, I mean... If it, had, if it did happen to the the alleged fans that have been DMing Kevin Hayes and talking about, you know, death threats and all that kind of shit, you're all pieces of shit. Like, don't do that type of stuff. Um, like, that's just so uncalled for. It's like, did Kevin Hayes have anything to do with it? Who fucking knows? But there's no need to go and attack a guy and his family, uh, especially, you know, when he was here, he was beloved. um. But, I mean, the uh, the trade has gone through. And I think Danny Breer said this, too. Like, his, Cutter Gautier's value was not going to be any higher. And you capitalized on that by getting a, a top-flight defenseman prospect. And you also got a second-round pick out of this. So, I mean, you capitalized on a dude's performance in the World Juniors and probably wouldn't have gotten anything close to it if you waited any longer yeah so we love a, a good uh, online saga that probably will have more wrinkles to it as the days go by but uh, team that is known for online sagas is the philadelphia 76ers and somehow they've avoided most of the online sagas lately um, brought to you by our pals over at foco The place for forever collectibles. Uh, They've got tons of Sixer stuff, tons of Philadelphia sports collectibles, merchandise, apparel uh, for you to represent your team with pride. Click the link in the description. Check out everything they have to offer from the velour track suits, the overalls, the awesome uh, sun hats, and, of course, what they're most known for is those bobbleheads. Click the link in the description. Check out our pals at Foco. Go support them. They are one of our favorite brands to work with. Uh, so go support Foco. Click that link in the description and get your forever forever collectibles today. Uh, the Sixers bet Joel Embiid not going to be playing tonight against the Hawks. If he misses nine more games, he loses his eligibility for the MVP award. Yeah. I... Um...
1: Who cares? <laughs> he wasn't winning the MVP anyway. Um, yeah. It's it's all narrative driven, driven, and um, it sucks. But he's having a better season than he did last year. But because of his performance in the playoffs, it was just not gonna happen. So, uh, which is again dumb and not fair to him. But also, that's the new rule with the uh, the attendance policy. So, whatever. Very stupid. But our Sixers looking nice. Which looking is,
0: nice. One point lead over the Hawks right now. Anthony Melton back tonight. Um wanted to get your thoughts on the Deontay Murray rumor mill. It doesn't make sense to me. I just don't love him, honestly. Yeah. Not like the fit doesn't seem there. I I, th- I think that the the
1: Sixers will probably make a move with the deadline. Um But it's weird because they're kind of caught between I think two ideas, which is I do think there there's a part of this organization that does want to get and be like the cap space team this mm-hmm. summer because that does give you a huge advantage because you're gonna be one of the only competitors with that ability, um, but you also have a lot of depth and it playing very well and there's no guarantee that you get another year of Embiid like you know, like he just is like the nature of the sport and of big men is that you know he could get injured you know like mm-hmm. it's just there's there's a lot that can change you can't take it. Can't just assume that next year at this time, the team will be in a similar position in terms of talent and availability. So, I do think there's definitely credence to not going all in, but making a big move at the deadline? Um, I'm not sure if Murray's that guy, um, but I do think uh, I do think the team is going to be very active. They're going to be like linked to every single player that's available, and I think they should be kicking the tires on everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean I've seen Kevin Herter's name thrown in the mix um there's a couple other guys I'll never forget watching him back Seth Curry down from <sighs> like the half court line. It was... <laughs> um I mean we've talked about some other guys too like how funny it would be if Markel Fultz came back with him kind of not being two in the mix with the magic anymore uh with all the guys that they have and um there's been the if the Pacers somehow continue to Fallout, and obviously Halliburton got injured. Um, do you do you swing for T.J. McConnell again? Like there's there's been a lot of well, John Miranda's out for the out season probably. now too.
1: You know, like your Grizzlies maybe you know, they're not going to be selling off big pieces, but you know maybe you find yourself maybe that opens up a third team. Yeah, like there's you know the, the situation is fluid. in your is there enough room in the doghouse for a Marcus Smart? <laughs> Marcus Smart has been bad, so. <laughs> um Marcus Smart would, I think, be one of the most frustrating people to yes. watch. Um, he's, but I, I will say, like, I would I would probably take Marcus
0: Smart on this team. I don't know. Because, um, I mean, you look at the teams that are completely out of the mix right now in the East. It's obviously the Pistons, Wizards, and Hornets. You brought up Gordon Award a couple weeks ago, too, where, like, that could be somebody that potentially the Sixers, you know, see what it's going to take there. But those seem to be the three teams that are locks to be out they don't even have double digit wins right now Hawks are you know seven games under 500 the Raptors are seven games under 500 the Nets you know they're a fringe uh play-in tournament team right now those are kind of your your teams in the east and who knows what happens with the Bulls down the stretch obviously um and then in the west it's Spurs are 5 and 30 Blazers are 10 and 26 Grizzlies with John Morant out now but they're 14 and 23 the Warriors, Jonathan Jonathan Kaminga's name's been thrown around yeah. a bunch as well. Um you know, who knows what happens with the Lakers implosion if that continues to uh to boil and then the Jazz are are the eleven seed in the West right now, but Bring bring Larry Markinen to me. <laughs> He's always felt like a guy who was destined to be a Sixer but never would be. I love Larry Markinen. One of the most inexplicable NBA crushes. I don't know why, but I've always liked marketing. <laughs> the uh, one of the other things that uh, I saw this week too was uh, Tyrese Maxey was on Million Dollars Worth of Game last week and talked about how um, last year when he broke his foot and then was coming off the bench, how it it kind of affected him in a way where you know he was calling his mom some nights and it's like, hey, I I feel sick. Like I don't know, like what I'm gonna be able to do. Like I know I'm better than. Uh, a player that should be coming off the bench but you know i just gotta swallow it and kind of do what's what's best for the team and you could kind of hear it in maxi's voice about how that affected him um and we kind of had that hunch too where it was like he's not playing his style of game and then obviously when you saw him get back in the starting lineup it really clicked for him again but it is interesting to kind of See athletes peel that back and and have that confidence going on a platform like a million dollars worth of game, or you know when we have guys on this show even like to kind of peel back that curtain that you don't traditionally get from athletes, yeah, very cool, very cool insight um and then pep Ev and million dollars worth of game they did a a crossover episode, and Pep Ev was talking about how after the Miami heat loss on Christmas, he kind of got in maxie's ear in a uh in a way to like fire him up in a sense. And it was like, I don't think you got that in you, man. I don't think you got it in you. And then obviously the next game was that Houston game. He drops 42. I think it was. And then the next game drops like 30 plus. And, um, Pat, was talking about, you know, no matter what team I'm on, like I want my young guys to, to succeed at, at all measures. Like I want, it, it's not about me. It's about these guys' legacies and everything. And, you know, as much as we've goofed on Pat Bev in the past, like he really does feel like such a good glue guy when it comes to off the court stuff and, and having a team with like a Tyrese Maxine, you've seen him play with guys like Anthony Edwards, like everyone talks so glowingly about what Pat Bev does for them off the court. And I think it's it's been a, a big benefit to have him on this team.
1: Yeah. I mean, Harden last year too was mm-hmm. like
0: a great um
1: mentor and like partner with maxi and actually talked a lot about how like working with him and like talking to him like really helped him develop his game so yeah it's it's nice that Maxie's is just great <laughs>
0: he's just he's so pure
1: <laughs> he's just the best man i just if every player had like his work ethic sure. and his yeah he's he's fantastic
0: um last bit here uh that was kind of about hour and a half before we started recording uh philadelphia union Resigned Kai Wagner.
1: Yeah. Uh, a little surprising because it just seemed like even before his uh, racial abuse incident, um, like they were going to be splitting ways. Um, they couldn't come to an agreement about a contract extension and about his worth and his value. And then again, obviously, you know, he, uh, he racially abuses Bobby Wood. He gets suspended for that and he still has to serve uh, the final game of that suspension. But they signed a 3 year contract extension. Um, on, like on a personal level, like the respect for him is gone. Um, you know, what he did to me is like just personally, like it, that's not something you just forgive. Um, I hope that he's like genuinely taking the steps to not be that person and not do stuff like that. Um, speaking purely sport wise, um, he is kind of an irreplaceable player. Uh, it was going to be a huge challenge to replace him. So on the field, um, it, it's, it's a huge move for the union. And I, I think is a statement of intent, too, that maybe they're going to be willing to, to reach into the pocketbooks. Um, I don't know if that's going to apply to signing players, but in terms of at least retaining guys, maybe this is a step in, in a, a good direction. But I um, hope he clears his act up because what he did was just awful um and yeah that's that's really it
0: yeah uh story in the inquirer from um jonathan tannenwald at the goalkeeper on twitter we'll link it in the description as well talked about how um wagner had to do um mls ordered uh and league mandated education program and Quote, remain in full compliance with a program directed by a league-appointed restorative practices expert. Um, And in early December, Tanner said Wagner was, quote, regretting everything and, quote, doing a fantastic job with those programs. Um, And because of when the union were eliminated from the playoffs, he still has to serve that one-game suspension, like you said. So he'll miss the regular season opener on February 24th uh, against Chicago. But the suspension does not apply to the CONCACAF Champions Cup, so he'll be able to play in the first-round series against Costa Rica's Saprisa on February 20th on the road and February 27th at home. Yep, so got that to look forward to. Some other things in the article, too. Um, they talked about Bedoya and how he hasn't signed anywhere else yet. Um, so they'll see how that kind of you know plays out, and then it seems like... Uh, even though he's with the team now, Julian Carranza probably going to be sold off at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, going to be interesting uh, off season. Still plenty of uh, plenty of time for moves, but
0: if you want to call it an off season, right? Yeah, we're we're coming up, we're coming up on something now. So, it's uh, I've been I've been having a bunch of people talk to me about it too. They're like the union season is so long, February to. December. October,
1: November. And MLS maybe is a December, December, if you like. Yeah.
0: Like, it's a lot. Like, they have a preseason game, what, next week?
1: Something like that, yeah. Like, that's. Yeah. I mean, you're uh, just like a month and a week away from CONCACAF Champions League being back. That. Sure. Soccer in general is just that's always a quick turnaround. You know, like the European League stop in like mid May, usually. And, uh, you know, they're back training july 1st usually you know like that first week of july is when players come back so you have you know a month and a half maybe maybe like you really usually have like two or three weeks as a player off and then league games usually start up like second week of august so it's always a quick turnaround
0: almost back Uh so we'll see how things play out for the union but make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground phi Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, facebook.com slash underground sports PHI, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. Keep on subscribing. It helps us hit new milestones. Leave a five star review. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash at underground sports, Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. Every show on our network, live streams, original video content, clips, shorts, you name it. It's on our YouTube channel. Got to get to 800 subscribers before the end of January. We're 85 away. Let's make that happen. I think that's an attainable goal uh, for everybody to kind of pull through and, and get us to our next milestone on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash/at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch at PHI Apparel. Co. Use code Underground for 10% off your order. And this show is presented by the City of Vineland and Weather you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process, and their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856 794 New Jersey, where it's always a growing season. And big thank you to Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated and Security 21 Security Systems for their continued support of this podcast. It's been episode number 602 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys next time. We'll have another show before Monday Night Football, so stay tuned for that. But until then, we're getting the heck out of here. We are signing off. Peace.